<laughs> there you go. That works. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the Superhero Slate review of Joker. Yes, and I I must say, I'm not method acting or preparing for any sort of villainous role. I have been uh, under the weather for the last couple of days, so if you're new to the podcast, I don't usually sound like a guy who uh, mouthwashes with asphalt, but uh, th- that's just what you got today, so uh, maybe put some context behind it. Uh, pretending, Pretend that you're coming to visit us in like a hospital room, and I'm just yeah. like laid up. Maybe like, maybe Chris, after when he edits the podcast, will put like the telltale like beeping sign in the background of like a heart monitor of you're just, you're visiting your, your ill friend as All you right. talk about the Joker. The- theater of the mind here. We're in the Gotham City Hospital or whatever it is. Yes. So. And speaking, uh, speaking of uh, theaters, I'll, I'll just <clears throat> roll right into this uh, on the Joker. Spoiler free, of course. Yes. We'll get into spoilers, but we'll let you know. Um, you know, I had heard some stories over the last couple of days of, you know, some shenanigans going down at some screenings. Uh, nothing violent, luckily, uh, from what I've heard. I, there was like a story of like one guy who was just basically being the rudest movie theater guest ever where he was, like, spitting and, like, clapping when the Joker would do something, like, violent. So I don't know if that dude was, uh, what was wrong with that guy, but he apparently he was taken well, care of by management. It just goes to prove that people are the worst part about going to the movies. <laughs> yes, I agree. So, but I feel like also there was just kind of this energy in the air of people were kind of worried about the subject matter of the movie, and, you know, it's not totally baseless because there literally was a Batman movie where there was, like, a mass shooting strategy. I mean, it was a few years ago, but obviously this is still in the zeitgeist. So I don't know about you, Chris, but I went this morning, 10 a.m. on a Sunday, not very peak time. And as we were walking into our theater room, there was a, a woman standing in front of the door kind of dressed in not really movie gear, like movie theater uh, employee gear. She was kind of more like dressed up, had like a like a belt with some stuff on it. And she was like, oh, just letting everybody know that's coming into the theater today that we'll, we, we will be walking around with uh, night vision uh, goggles to make sure nobody is uh, recording to mo- the movie. So if you see us walking around, that's what we're doing. They're very kind and courteous about it. But as we walked through, I was just like, leaned over to my wife and I was like, that's totally not what they're doing. They're like here, like patrolling the theater <clears throat> because like... The Joker is not not like this multi-billion dollar James Cameron franchise. Like, they, they're not worried about this movie leaking. I mean, it'll leak no matter what because it's, you know, all the leaks come out of, like, China, I feel like, anyway, or, like, Thailand with those subtitles down there, or Korea. And so that's totally not what they're doing. So it was just this weird kind of theater experience of just, like, should I get up and go to the bathroom right now? Or are they going to, like stare me down when I when I when I run like a crazy person so I don't miss the movie so well I don't I don't know if that happened for you but it was just really weird and bizarre so my, my whole joker experience it's tied into my work this week um, we had an event out of town an hour and a half away mm-hmm. um, that I had to get up early and drive to and be there an hour earlier than I would normally for my regular job so like I'm mm-hmm. getting up three hours earlier. I'm driving back and forth every day I don't get to go see this on Thursday so I had to wait 
So this event was done on Saturday night, last night, and I went at 10 p.m. Uh, as well, but my theater was dead empty. Every like, the oh, whole, wow. the whole kind of venue was dead empty. Um, there was a security guy watching the TV up front, but like there's no one, nothing's going on at all. It mm. was very, very weird. Uh, you know, the theater was maybe a quarter full, but I mean, I had the the unfortunate um, <laughs> kind of experience of sitting in front of this uh, two yuppie sounding people, uh, younger oh, kids. No. <laughs> they both sound like they're stoned out of their mind and talking oh, about no. the. The, uh, you know, the happenstance of the news around this movie. And, like, neither of them know why there's news around this movie or what's going on. <laughs> um, but then they get in the talk of, like, banning books and why people think Catcher in the Rye was influential. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, this, I've never even read it. So uh, This is the best advertisement for our podcast ever. If you were to listen to Superhero Slate every week, you would be up on what's going on around this movie. It, it, uh, it, and it was just, it, was just a, <laughs> it wasn't a bad experience, but, like, they did, weren't even showing, like, you know how they usually have that stupid stuff on those previews before the movie starts with, like, uh, uh-huh. pre- they didn't have anything on. It was just a blank screen oh, until weird. the trailer started. And then, um, so it was just, like, kind of... Like like you said, it had a weird vibe. It wasn't a normal movie going experience. Uh, yeah, like- and it's it's weird too, just because you know normally we talk about this on the podcast. At least myself, I try to go into these movies <clears throat> as blank slate as possible. I don't like to hear you know the whisperings. I don't know. I don't want to know if it's good or bad or what the reception is. I want to go and inform my own opinion. But it's really hard to do with this film because it came out the Venice Film Festival. It won that award, so that got the talk going. And then uh, the reception was good. So I I felt like the 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 critic embargo was up a little early. Like. I want to say it was either early last week or the week before. So you could find out what people were thinking about this movie way ahead of time. And um, one thing that I didn't know that my wife told me, so she's out here in Hollywood. She's trying to work her way up in the in the business. So she's part of this Facebook group um, that's like private. You have to be invited to it called The Awesome Assistants. And she was telling me, she was like, oh, well, our Facebook group is actually called the Awesome, the Awesome Assistance Redux Group because originally it was called The Awesome Assistance, but somebody leaked a copy of the Joker script last year to that Facebook group and the production company got wind of it and got that Facebook group shut down. So, you know, I thought that was pretty surprising that the script was out really kind of out there a lot sooner than that. Well, I will tell you, uh, several months ago I read, I, I, I read the rumored speculations. Is this a uh-huh. leak? Is this not a leak articles? And, uh, this, this movie was in fact leaked online. I can corroborate her story because the uh-huh. points I read several months ago happened beat for beat in this. And uh-huh. if you, I mean, spoiler free, if you would have read that, you would have not assumed that was the case at all. Uh, for this movie, so um, mm. de- definitely this this the Joker has been a whirlwind of of, of little events from the get go. I mean, yeah. I, and I it, even it, go back so far just to, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but like no, as ahead. far as the Dark Knight, you know, the Heath Ledger, you know, tragedy surrounding his role as the Joker, like yeah, since that moment, this character has in fact been, um, I wouldn't say taboo, but kind of like kind of weirdly you know held about as it's been passed along even to the other end with the Geraldito version which is you know everyone's least favorite as far as i know <laughs> yeah so it yeah it's just weird there's just so many different versions of the joker he's a very iconic character um and you know usually if, if you do a good job he can 
steal the show. So, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to this, you know, type of character returning to the screen. But if you, I, I know if you crank the tape back on Superhero Slate, when this movie was announced, we were like, who wants this movie? This was so bizarre. But I feel like the closer we got to the release date, the more we kind of understood actually what the movie was going to be. And DC made this, has made this whole pivot in like the last two years of like, we couldn't make the cinematic universe work, so we're just going to try to backpedal and just focus on standalone movies. So we kind of all, as like like a movie-going culture, had to get used to the idea of what this movie was going to be, too. Like, there's just so much surrounding this one film, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you, I mean, the one thing that's, <sighs> that's probably the most disgusting part of this movie, Mike... <laughs> Is you putting candy corn in your uh, when you wash it? Uh, I knew you had to bring it up. Yeah, it's October. You can finally eat candy corn now. Uh, the Joker it, it, on that that chart of like good and evil, he's like what the chaotic evil. So oh, yeah. he would he would put candy corn in his popcorn. So yeah. you can check out my picture of that <laughs> over on well, Twitter. But we can we can talk about that during the regular <laughs> news episode. But I just had to yeah. toss it in there since it was your experience. It was. I mean, uh, spoilers for the candy corn and popcorn. Good combo, by the way. So uh, I, w- I would highly recommend it. But you got to bring your own candy corn, like a psychopath. So and I didn't want to bring the I didn't want to bring the whole like bag. So I put it in like a Ziploc bag, like a loony. So it it, it was a weird experience. But Mike Mike's in the toilet <laughs> in the bathroom pouring out but, his candy corn in. <laughs> But your your Saturday night showing might have been a little sparse, but my Sunday morning showing was pretty full. Yeah. But uh, obviously people went and saw this movie yeah. this weekend because we have the numbers. Yes. So currently right now, again, it's Sunday evening. Uh, tallies aren't done, but it's uh, going to get upwards of $95 million, but it's currently at $93.5 million opening, which mm-hmm. um, is the biggest October opening domestic. So Yeah, and just topping uh, Venom from last year. Yes. So... Uh, I mean that. I mean that's that's pretty good for an R-rated movie overall. I feel mm-hmm. you know, um, especially one that's uh, that's again like we talked about earlier. I don't not to beat that dead horse, but uh, very controversial in, in and yeah. of itself. So <clears throat> well, um, before we jump into our uh, our spoiler-free reviews at the top of the show, I just have to say I don't think I've ever gone into a film with such a big swing of a uh, critical or just uh, audience response to one movie. Like uh, about a week ago, I feel like I was seeing like people saying this, this is a triumph. This is the move. This, this could be nominated uh, for Oscars. This could, this could, you know, this could bring home a statue. And then uh, just a couple days ago, I was reading articles totally at the other end of the spectrum saying like, there's nothing special about the Joker. Why are we even talking about it to somebody that uh, came through my office the other day? He started talking about, the Joker so I tried to put my earbuds on as fast as possible because I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it until Sunday and I heard him call it literal trash so I was like I'm about to go into a movie that could either win the Academy Award or it should be thrown into a dumpster so I was like this is going to be a wild ride oh I I, I 100% agree with, with mm. that assessment because I mean I again I, I went in as blind as I could without without knowing yeah. what I'd read earlier was, was what it was yeah. you know blind as I could could be so so all that aside chris we have not talked about this at all we usually go radio silence till we get on the mic so chris spoiler free please tell me what you thought about the joker or joker sorry drop the the the. yeah no (laughs) articles here just joker so to me and i want to preface this mike i think the joke that i think joker is a subjective experience um everyone's going to probably react to this movie differently uh based Mm -hmm. on their own experiences and their own takeaways from this 
Um, the more I sit here, the more I think about it, the more I digest on the, the film itself. I think this is a great film. I think it is mm-hmm. a cinematic movie. Um, uh, honestly, it's beautifully written, beautifully shot, beautifully acted. The score is superb. But I do not, I do not jive with this version of this character at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I will tell you, it's not because of anything in the movie. It, it, have you ever, if, if anyone is listening has ever seen Taxi Driver, this is Taxi Driver 2019. Uh, except Travis Bickle isn't a taxi driver. He is a guy who happens to be a performing clown. Um, and, and this has great, you know, stories for how someone with, you know, who, who suffered, uh, abuse, uh, as you can see in the trailers and, and has issues can become something entirely different, um, on, on a bad day or a bad week, if you will. Um, you know, someone who's, we've seen from the trailers kicked to the curb a million times, how how does he you know become Joker? But I to me, what this film lacks is the actual Joker. If you're a fan of Heath Ledger's version, this is in more line with a realistic version. But uh-huh. I lean towards what I like the comic book animated series Arkham Asylum version, uh-huh. um, and I I feel this is just so real. I can't get into the fact that it's a comic book movie, but it is still a great movie as a whole, uh, as a cinematic piece. I just think the character isn't um, the the one I wanted, and and I know that, again, like I said, that's very subjective here. Mm -hmm. So uh, what about yourself, good sir? (laughs) All right, well, let's see if I can summarize this spoiler-free before we jump into spoilers here. Uh, I thought this was a really powerful movie, uh, really fantastic. Uh, Like I said, I didn't know what I was expecting going into it. You know, so I was a little cagey at first. I was waiting to kind of see what we were going to get. And once I kind of start to see how this film is structured, kind of what uh, the the director really wants to explore, I was like, wow, this is like really fascinating. This is really gripping. And I, I love the, I love the entire ride. Uh, there's, uh, some storytelling points that I, I'm going to love to bring up in, um, in the spoiler cast, but there was some unexpected moments, some twists and turns that I was uh, really liking, but, you know, I think I can kind of agree with you a little bit. Some of my favorite parts of this film weren't really rooted in, in the mythos of Joker or the comic book. You know, we've seen from the trailer, so this is not a spoiler, that, um, that uh, Mr. Wayne, Mr. Wayne, what's oh, oh, I can't oh, I think Thomas, Thomas Wayne, Thomas Wayne, yeah, Thomas Wayne is a part of this film, and really those parts where they try to anchor it to uh, a little bit to the Batman universe, you know, I didn't have really an issue with at all, but it just wasn't as engaging as everything else going on in the film. So kind of when I left the theater, I was just like, I wonder if people would be up in arms if they just took all of the the Batman references out and just, I don't know, maybe just did his clown makeup a little differently and it was just a standalone movie that wasn't a comic book. I feel like people would kind of look at it a little bit more objectively than like, oh, this is something that a bunch of like uh, neckbeards are going to go to and use as a rallying cry. But, you know, I thought it was really fascinating. It's kind of like this exploration of like uh, somebody with a mental illness and how they're... uh, 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 how they're grappling with it. And, you know, I believe like Joker famously has said before, you know, just one bad day, what, you know, what can you turn into? So I, I was really, I was really happy uh, when I came out of the theater that I enjoyed it, not because of the subject matter. So matter is very dark, but also uh, I was really impressed with how they, um, they navigated the rated R rating mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. 
I felt like this could have been a PG-13 movie and they did a really good job like not really being um, you know gratuitous with like nudity or swearing or anything like that but like when you see the violence it's very jarring because they lean into that rating and you're just like whoa I forgot this movie was rated R wow that's like really like a, a punch to my senses right there what just happened so you know when that stuff appears on the screen it's just like very gripping like you know there was uh some scenes towards the end where like my audience was like literally gasping like wow i can't believe that just happened so just very great i mean this isn't like this isn't like a superhero fun time beat em up save the world movie so i don't know if this is something you casually sit down and like watch on the couch on the weekend and be like yeah superheroes but it's just it's a really interesting take on the joker for sure and uh, I'm really curious what they're going to do moving forward. Uh, I know um, Joaquin Phoenix has said if Todd Phillips wants to do another one, he'd be interested in it. I think I kind of like the idea of maybe it just kind of staying where it is. Uh, I, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Well, wow. I, I thought mean, it was absolutely amazing. So I wouldn't mind seeing it again. But I was like, I feel like we've kind of told the narrative. We've told the story, well, I feel like, that we wanted to see. I think I'm going to cut you off there because just I, I, I want to get into spoilers. I don't want you to give anything else away. Uh, sure. Just, just to, for that. So we're going to go into spoilers so we can, we can talk freely here. So stop now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you know this is one of you, you mentioned how this movie is is kind of structured and and, and the violence and everything like it's not like you mentioned it, it's R rated but it's all, it's like a like a car uh, you're you're sitting zero or like you're you're going down the interstate and then if you want like it goes Ferrari mode and just bumps up to ninety like instantly right like mm-hmm. it's you're like okay film 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 okay there's the hard parts back down and it doesn't shy away from a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, why? And the reason I stop you here because I, I don't know if people would want to know that he he does in fact live through the end of this film. Um, just just because you know there are points in the movie like is he going to make it or not out of this movie? Um, in, into another one, and and you know he he ultimately somehow um does. But I think you know what, what I would I don't I actually am going to go the other way. And say I don't want to see another version of this or another version as well. I think this is a very succinct movie because I don't. I don't know if what what I'm trying to think here is how again I, the Joker we've seen so far is a as a smart person who's very tactical and he always has like laughing gas and other these other things set up. Can this Joker become a, a criminal mastermind with, with his current state of mind? Is what is, is my question? You know how how do you take this jump to another Batman yeah. villain other than just he likes chaos and anarchy? Well, he, and all, he created it. He didn't like it. He just created and all, it. And also, it might be a jump to say, but like, you know, kind of what is the point without Batman? I believe it's also been stated out there that this version of the Joker will not meet Batman, mm-hmm. which chronologically makes sense. We do get to see Bruce Wayne as a child in this in this movie. And if you age things up appropriately, the Joker would be like an elderly man. So we'd either have to do like the son of Joker. He takes up the mantle or you'd have to get a little bit more mystic with it. Like Like maybe the, like maybe like the Lazarus pit comes into play and it makes Joaquin Phoenix last longer because Joaquin Phoenix is the best part of this movie. Like Mm -hmm. bar none, like he is, it's a amazing performance. How would he fare against a Batman though? Um, again, this movie tackles some very, very awesome, you know, subject matter that's not touched mm-hmm. on in movies. Like, you know, he goes to a psychiatrist, and then the psychiatrist funding is shut down, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, to me, he actually loses that 
in the the uncontrollable laugh throughout the movie. I don't know if you notice this as he goes, he loses that that laugh that he that that kind of plagues him throughout the movie, which is very creepy. And yeah. you feel for him because he's like crying, but it's a laugh, and mm-hmm. the acting in that is just. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, how is he doing this? Like, how does someone able to do that and make it seem so real? But mm-hmm. uh, d- does this version of of the Joker can it exist in a larger Batman world, or is this just a a, a retelling, a, a spotlighted interpretation of this character at this point in time? Yeah. And, and yeah. does he ever cross a Batman? Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's you could tell more ground level stories, maybe in a sequel where you know, obviously Batman's too young, but I guess if you're kind of starting to tread on Gotham, the TV series, maybe you bring in like a younger Commissioner Gordon because they could possibly fight on an even level. But I, I would imagine there would be some sort of time jump if we got another one. So you know, uh, the, Arthur could be in like the nefarious underworld for a few years, learns a trick, start manipulating people because he he, he explains in the movie he's he's never been happy his whole life. You know, he's been like abused and he's been like heavily medicated for a very very long time. And once things start to unravel, he starts to feel like I finally feel like you know who I'm supposed to be. So I could kind of th- see things happening very quickly for him where maybe he finds his edge in the criminal underworld because you know he's he's finally found who he is as a person which is a crazy psychopath um but yeah it is a different interpretation on the joker but i I guess it kind of works in the sense of we're set back in a time period of what is this like this the mid 70s something like that early 70s it's like a like a faux 70s 80s Kind of yeah. Idea. So it's like we know we're chronologically removed from everything that we've been seeing. So you kind of do just kind of feel like you're in like a pocket dimension or like a one shot, if you will. You know, I kind of saw the whole uh, the Waynes dying in the alley telegraphed yeah. a little ahead of time. I was like, oh, I bet they'll have like one of the clowns do it or something like that. And I was like, okay, there it is. It's like we can't see a, a Batman movie without these people dying, can we? Well, Even the pearls getting pulled and everything. Um, so that like that's like what, what I said. Whenever we we lean into kind of like this Batman Thomas Wayne stuff, I was just like, you know, all, all right, whatever. Let's get over so, it. Let's go back to watching him be a maniacal, crazy person. Yeah. So I mean, does it? I mean, I I agree with what you said earlier. Could you just remove? the words Gotham's and Wayne's and just make this about a guy who was a clown and does it change the film? I mean, would it, if it wasn't comic book character names, could it exist in and of itself? Yeah. And I, I, I think it could entirely. Yeah. I, I think it could, but honestly, in, in the way Hollywood uh, works, especially recently, I don't think that movie really ever gets made. Since right. this does have the DC banner on it, it has Joker on it. You get all of these people going to the movie, spending all this money, and I didn't, I couldn't look, I couldn't find a budget for this movie. But that kind of smaller film doesn't have the ramp up towards the end. Like we, we actually got some interesting, like kind of action effects towards the end, where we're seeing like cars flipping over, like car accidents. We're seeing like riots, and we're seeing kind of more spectacle in the third act, mm. which is something I don't think we would have got the scale of those riots in a, in a smaller movie. So I guess they are able to achieve something with that larger budget, but yeah, you know, when they, when they try to explain like, Oh, here's Batman. Uh, it's just like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think there, you know, there's some, some fun, some fun parts in here. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I think I'm the most, disappointed after he finds out that he was truly adopted and abused. I think Mm -hmm. that's where the movie kind of starts to waver just a hair because I enjoyed the fact that he had in fact imagined his relationship with his neighbor 
the entire time. Oh, that was Chris. I have to tell you, I had another uh, a, a Spider-Man um, uh, um, Far From Home experience in this movie where I was watching it. And I was like, man, I'm really digging it. But this Zazie beat um, a love story storyline, I'm just not believing it. This just doesn't make any sense. Like, Joaquin Phoenix is very creepy in this movie. No woman in her right mind would, like, fall in love with him, especially, like, when he runs to her front door and, like, they sleep, uh, they presumably sleep together. I was like, this is totally unbelievable. And I was like, all right, I'll just have to, like, remove that part of the movie from my brain. Maybe just assume it was, like, studio interference and they're just like, oh, you gotta have a love story in this movie. I was like, I'll just, you know, say some producer interfered and I'll just move along. And then... Bam! They turn it right on me, and I was like, "Oh my! This this is the same experience I had with Spider Man, where it's just like, why does this feel weird? Because it was weird. I actually really loved that turn because, yeah. like, oh, finally I can take this baggage off my shoulder of like now I I can really lean into this movie. Yeah. So I, I guess my my problem, my only concern is what was her role at at the end of the day. I guess yeah. what what was her it, what was the end game with the female characters didn't get a lot to do in here and you know that's kind of disappointing but I mean I get you know kind of this Joker but I mean I I enjoy I enjoyed his uh, clown office in in the people like, especially when he quote unquote punched out I, I really oh, yeah. enjoyed when he kind of lost it when he was fired um, but I mean this movie a lot of the trailers are from early parts of this movie uh, I saw oh, or at the very end of the movie when yeah. he's in the full Joker makeup yeah so there, there's a, a lot lot in the middle there um, uh, Robert didn't I mean uh, Robert De Niro's character I uh, definitely enjoyed him as the the uh, talk show host um, mm-hmm. he was kind of nice and then the his just persona rubbed uh, Arthur the wrong way I guess you know um, but I, I uh, it's hard to, to still digest this movie you yeah, know, today, like really... I don't know if we'll ever be able to fully comprehend what's going on here <laughs> for a while, especially with that um, with that uh, ending uh, on the talk show. You know, leading up to the film, like you said, we don't know what exactly uh, the Joker's going to do. Is he going to kill himself? Which is not far out of bounds. Like well, I don't, if you if you're listening, you might not know this, but there was actually I think he was like a city councilman or a politician uh, of of some city level who did kill himself live on tv it was the his name was dwyer and the song hey man nice shot was written about that murder oh okay that that suicide but he he telegraphed that in this movie yeah exactly so it's just like this is actually a believable scenario a little less believable that a talk show host would leave a crazy man like that on air for so long even when you can see mark mayer and his producer in the background saying cut it cut it so i guess maybe you know robert de niro you could see him as like a seasoned talk show host and he could possibly have like this vigilante on his set maybe he wants to lean into it this is really possibly really great television for him ends up being his demise because wow when he got shot i would i mean I, i you see it coming but you just you just you don't forget feel how it coming. You feel you for, it happens. Yeah, you just forget how intense like these guns are in the movie. And it's just like the total opposite of a film where it's just like glory guns all over the place. Like you know, I, this is a, a not a correct comparison. But if you think back to something like Suicide Squad when they're storming the city trying to get to the Enchantress toward the end, there's just like guns all over the place. You know, like the weird infected like SWAT team has like guns and mm-hmm. Deadshot's got guns. Guns everywhere. Everybody's getting shot. But like in this movie, it's just like, oh wow, you're gonna get shot. Blood's gonna go all over the place. One bullet will kill you, or scissors to the throat, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, it was just very visceral. So you really felt those moments, and uh, at no point in time do you really sympathize. I never really sympathize with Arthur's 
cause because I knew he was mentally ill, but you can sympathize with how he was damaged throughout his life. So that's one thing uh, it feels like maybe uh, uh, the journalists and the people out there with the hot takes aren't quite getting with the, with the movie. Like this is like a portrait of mental illness. This isn't about glorifying like kill the kill the jock you know who's being rude to you. Like no, like this is about how we should probably be supporting people on the fringes of society who who really need help. And this is something that could possibly happen. So yeah, it never felt like anything was being glorified. So uh, right. I can't agree with that narrative that's floating out there. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it's going to be a while before this sinks in a little bit more. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could sit here and try to decompress it all day, but, like, this is a lot to take in and a Mm -hmm. lot to take out. So, I mean, I I don't know if I've got much more else to say on it. I mean, um, other than the fact, you know, it's going to be a subjective experience. What what you take out of it is kind of what you kind of go in with. Yeah, and, you know, this is just so different from the other comic book movies we usually talk about because usually we can talk about, oh, where's this going? What's the connections that it's had with the other characters? What other people could they bring into the sequel? Where's this franchise going? And this seems just like a... It's it's an it's like a fresh kind of return to just like almost like these one offs. Let's just make a good movie. So I could see Warner Brothers possibly maybe carving out a niche that uh, Marvel usually misses, which is let's build up villains because as we all know, villains usually have the most compelling stories. They're not the heroes at the end of the day, but I mean I mean that's why we like Killmonger so much in Black Panther because he has this past and it's tragic and we kind of understand where he's coming from and at least we get his motivations and they make sense so you know we have birds of prey coming out soon which will be i'm sure totally different in in every single way and it seems like actually they'll be referencing a totally different joker but maybe in a little bit more nebulous way in that film but you know and we got james gunn's suicide squad is it called like the suicide squad or without yeah so we got that coming out that's going to be exploring villains more so maybe this is the niche that warner brothers can really mine well while marvel's busy dealing with the heroes maybe warner brothers can build up the villains you know it's a strategy who knows but well i I don't even think it's building up villains i just think it's a different type of story different type of movie that's not built on the next film Mm -hmm. you know they're not building five movies down the road with this one so. Yeah, so it's it is kind of strange because you know if you're like a producer out there, if you're the money man at Warner Brothers, you're like, well, what do you do with this movie now? Like after you, you know, you can you could possibly you know release like a black and white version of the movie in a steel book, get a couple more dollars out of it, but it's just well, what do you do with this franchise? You know, moving forward, like uh, it's just just kind of it's interesting. I have to say, I'm happy to report that I just can't predict what's going to happen next with Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. But I thought Todd Phillips did a really great job. I, I, you know, I was talking to Chris before we started recording. I was like, "What has Todd Phillips done in the past?" I haven't looked it up in a while, and he's done pretty much comedy, cult comedies before this film. So it's kind of cool seeing you know somebody who has a history of comedy going into like a tragic story like this. And you know, is it a tragedy? Is it a comedy? That the, that whole narrative was going on through the story too. But you know, maybe now Todd Phillips is a little bit more on my radar than he was before. So maybe if he doesn't do another Joker, maybe. Warner Brothers will let him do like something else, maybe a, his own original idea. So that'll be fun to watch out for too. So uh, it's awesome seeing Joaquin Phoenix. I I honestly think that he could get um, a lead actor um, performance nomination for this film in the Oscars. Like I don't think like we talked about in this whole review. Like superhero doesn't even really need to be attached to this type of experience. So I don't see why that that kind of um, 
drag of like a box office uh, blockbuster popcorn movie needs to drag down his his appearance, you know, at the Academy Awards next year. So I I guess maybe we'll talk about this possibly in our normal news that you should subscribe to and check out in your feed. But uh, do you think Martin Scorsese would like this superhero movie? Because uh, uh, apparently he doesn't think they're cinema, but this one seems about the most somatic. Well, is he a producer prestigial. on this one or something? He he was tied to this at some point. So, yeah, uh, of course yeah. he'd love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, so – and then also I guess uh, – Todd Phillips was saying some dumb shit earlier this week about like, oh, you can't make a comedy movie anymore because people are too yeah. uh, PC. But then you can just go read all the people's responses of all these great comedies that have come out in the last couple of years. So, I, I you know, just when when uh, directors uh, get a little uppity, they say dumb shit, even if they're likable or famous or talented. So that's my takeaway is just don't envy these people. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, Mike, the, the, the film – it's hard to recommend or not recommend this movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Like, I think it's a great movie cinematically. I think it's great, but like everyone's going to feel differently about this is my thoughts. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, mm. the first thing, the first thing I did when I came out of the theater is, Oh, I can finally Google this movie now. And I, I think right now it's sitting around like 69% on rotten tomato, which just goes to show you even like the critics out there who supposedly, you know, analyze film at a deeper level are even mixed on it too. Cause that's, that's what Rotten Tomato is. It's a recommendation engine. Do you recommend it or not? So I feel like that almost kind of leads into that score too of just like, yeah, I don't think I would necessarily tell my mom to go check out this movie. Like I would tell her to go watch a Captain America film or a, or mm-hmm. a Batman movie. But like, you know, I, I, I think, um, without sounding like just like, a snob or something like that is I, I think this does kind of take like uh take kind of like comic book storytelling to like an elevated level that we don't necessarily need in all of our films but it you know I thought it was a fun addition fun I guess in quotes it was an interesting addition to kind mm-hmm. of what we have out there in the landscape so I welcome it I welcome more of it well, thought it was great I don't think it's damaging to society at no. all yeah. hopefully the next time I go see another one I don't have like a night vision camera spying on me but <laughs> right well I think this is I mean, it's, it, this movie is number one it's going to be turned off to some people it is a slow burn right this movie takes mm-hmm. forever to get to where you're going uh, the actual Joker is in it for very minimal results. Um, it's more of a psychological thriller mm-hmm. as well. Um, and there's actually no superhero or comic... Well, there could be comic books, but no superhero version in this. There's no superheroes at all. I, um, I do ha- I do have to say, you know, towards the end of the film, when shit was like getting really rough, I was like... I think it would actually be really cool if, like, somebody like a Batman, like, swung in right now and started throwing punches because you it got really cinematic towards the end. And I was like, oh, there's really no heroes right now. So I could see this type of event in their world sparking, like, true vigilantes that, you know, try to, like, save the city. So they definitely have a building block here, but it doesn't seem like it's a building block that's worth exploring just because, you know you're not going to get like a real true Batman out of this specific movie franchise. And that's honestly probably what everybody would want in the future. So yeah, I don't know where they're going to go in the future, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a ride. So we'll see. We'll, we'll have to follow how this does over the next couple of weeks or month or so. Oh yeah, for sure. And go from there. Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what other things you're putting uh, candy corn in, where can they follow you at? <laughs> well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. You can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. 
Facebook.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see if they survive that storm that's going on outside your house right now, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdane87, or Twitter, Valdane, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, head over to Comic UI um, and make sure you send us your, your thoughts on the Joker as well. We, yes. We'd love to hear it. Uh, if people want to listen to our regularly scheduled news episodes that happen every week, where can they find those at? Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place you can find all the avenues you, we host the show. And when we talk about news every week, we have awesome show notes there. So I was previewing the show notes that we're about to record, and I see a lot of blue links. So you'll want to hit up show notes so you can uh, check that out. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, <clears throat> and anywhere else you like to listen to your podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and I promise when you come back next week, I will not sound like... <laughs> Like this, I'll do everything that I can to return my voice to its normal, uh, possibly nasally glory. I don't know. I've never judged my voice on any sort of critical level. But uh, you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. As Chris said, we love hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Would you recommend it? Would you tell your granny to go see this movie? And that might be the litmus test for the Joker. Who knows? Uh, But if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. So stay tuned and subscribe. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Chris had to walk away. I wonder what's going on. Do you like my gravelly voice? Because it ain't going anywhere. You're stuck with it, my gravelly voice. My gravelly voice. Um. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. The human torch was denied a bank loan.